First City Focus is supported in part by First Vincent Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally, online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to First City Focus. I'm your host, Nicole Carey. On this episode, we're focusing on community health care. A recent merger of the Good Samaritan Family Health Center and the Samaritan Center is increasing total health care options for families across several counties. We'll find out how. An upcoming fundraiser will feature Dancing with the Vincent Stars. We'll find out how the event will help support the Wabash Valley Friendship Clubhouse. And Good Samaritan Hospital is not only celebrating the expansion of the Family Health Center, but also continuing work to help increase the quality of health in our local area. We'll talk with COO Adam Thacker. We have these stories and more right now on First City Focus. Good Samaritan's Family Health Center was opened back in 2018 to serve local families in need of affordable primary health care. In July this year, the Family Health Center merged with the Samaritan Center, which provides community mental health services. With this merger comes a new availability of total health care for families. Here to explain more are Chief Executive Officer Jennifer Emmons and Chief Operating Officer Brock Lowe. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Um, so the merger happened um, just uh, about a month or mm -hmm. so ago in July. What brought about the, the merger between the Family Health Center and the Samaritan Center? Um, well, thanks, Nicole, for having us here today. Um, the Family Health Center, as you stated, opened in May of 2018. In the past five years, we've been able to achieve designation as a federally qualified health center. So a lot of the community refers to us as the FQHC. Mm -hmm. But with that federal designation, it gets, to, it gets um, the health center enhanced reimbursement from Medicare and Medicaid, which allows us to take care of the or underserved, uninsured populations in Knox and um, the surrounding counties. Okay. Um, so when folks think of the Family Health Center and the Samaritan Center, what has changed with the merger? Have they, will they notice any change? Probably the most noticeable thing they will um, see is some signage out front. So we have put up new signage out front, but it's your same staff that's been there taking care of patients. And currently it's the same services that's been provided at those locations. Okay. Um, the Samaritan Center has several locations um, throughout our community. What does that mean for the future of the Family Health Center as far as it go going forward? Brock, you want to take that? Yeah. So we serve four counties as a community mental health center, uh, Knox, Pike, Davies, and Martin. Um, we will continue to provide services in all those areas and all those locations. Um, we are the safety net provider providing those behavioral health services. Um, a part of the strategy behind this merger was to be able to, uh, as Jennifer mentioned, re receive more funding. So we hope to only expand and grow those services in the communities that we're in. Okay. Um, I know one key factor when talking about the Family Health Center is that there is a sliding fee scale mm -hmm. for those who are in need, mm -hmm. um, that they may be a little... Uh, 
trepidatious to uh, to seek out health care, mm -hmm. there is an option for them. And you guys help connect the dots for them as well. Yes, we do. So we have navigators in each of our offices. And the purpose of our navigators is to um, reach people that doesn't have insurance, um, our self-pay patients, connect people to housing, to food. But one important thing we do provide is a sliding fee scale. Um, all patients have to do is bring in or tell us how many people's in their household and bring um, either a month's worth of pay stubs or last year's taxes, mm -hmm. and we can qualify them just on those two components. Um, it goes up to 200% of federal poverty level. The most anyone would pay for a behavioral health visit is $9 if you're 200% of federal poverty level or below, mm -hmm. and the most you're gonna pay for a medical visit is $25. So very affordable. Um, we're all about reducing any barriers to patients being able to receive their much needed care. Okay. Um, many times it's the primary care uh, provider who may see or notice something um, mm -hmm. for individuals that then can um, either head off or get, a, get ahead of mm -hmm. um, many health situations. Um, what have you seen through the Family Health Center in trying to make a difference in getting folks seen and maybe heading off some of these situations? Mm -hmm. um, we started with our one location um, and our current, our main location is on Washington Avenue. So we have primary care and behavioral health there, um, but it's under the same roof in the same building. So it's a nice warm handoff. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm being seen for primary care and I've expressed a concern to my provider, we can really just walk down the hallway, do a nice warm handoff to that behavioral health provider. Um, gets rid of some of that fear for patients thinking they have to come back and see behavioral health. So that's what we're trying to do is reduce that stigma. Okay. Can I, can I add to that? Absolutely. So, and, you know, we talk about treating the whole person with both mm -hmm. primary care and behavioral health. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to have a philosophy of no wrong door. So no matter how people enter our services, mm -hmm. we find um, a way to get them to where they need. So maybe they're coming in for just um, a regular physical but they're feeling a little down that day. Right. So we have mm -hmm. a way to, to determine that and maybe um, get them over to the mental health side of the house uh, for depression mm -hmm. in that example. Mm -hmm. So okay. we really want to uh, be able to treat the whole person. We feel like we're better positioned to do that now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I know for some folks, just being able to find transportation to get to the doctor um, is a challenge. Mm -hmm. What can the Family Health Center do to try to help uh, make that a little easier for folks? Um, well, one, we do partner with Van Gogh, mm -hmm. so um, they do help us out with transportation. And then I know um, formerly the Samaritan Center has several transportations. I'll just kind of let you answer that. Yeah. For, for some clients that we work with um, in a certain capacity for behavioral health services, we have case managers um, mm -hmm. who can help them get to their appointments um, through various ways, even if it's just picking them up um, and taking them. Um, we also uh, have some opportunities for some of our clients that have Medicaid, Medicare, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to access uh, Medicab services mm -hmm. and other uh, transportation that their health insurance will pay for. So if that's an option, we'll work with people to make sure that they have access to it. That's right. Um, I know you also have um, a Strengthening Families program. Um, I've heard you talk about before mm -hmm. uh, where you're even teaching families how to cook healthy meals mm -hmm. at home. Tell me, tell us about this program and, and what impact you're seeing um, on families who have participated. Um, it was a 14-week program, I believe, back in January, February, March. That was the, something that Samaritan Center um, did. It was a 14-week program. It was held at the YMCA. Um, families came there with their uh, children. They had um, 
classes for the children, classes for the parents. And at the end of the night, they got together. And um, and it was just all about communication, mm-hmm. parenting skills. Um, but they know they spent some time preparing a home-cooked meal mm-hmm. so they could see, you know, budgeting, um, using your resources, providing healthy nutrition at home. And I know that um, just from the employees that ran that program, one of them said, you know, one night the kids didn't come, but the parents still came. And I think that's impactful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the kids are homesick, mom or dad still comes to the class while the other parent stays home with them. And I know we have future plans to do that in more of our counties. Okay, great. Um, how many people do you think that you have seen um, at the Family Health Center? What kind of impact is this making in our community? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So, um, we, we track our data through our electronic health record um, and, and a couple other means. Um, and Jennifer and I were actually just talking about this a little bit before we started here because we're combining two organizations now. Right. Um, we, we have a lot of mutual clients that we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not exactly sure what the number is on that now, but um, we say it's probably in the estimate of the Samaritan Center, the Community Mental Health Center that was existing under the Good Samaritan Hospital, served about 5,000, uh, 5,500 through the 2022 uh, mm-hmm. calendar year. Um, and then the Family Health Center was at about 3,000 unique individuals. So somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. uh, maybe five to eight when you combine and figure out who's the mutual clients is uh, is our number. I know it's kind of a wide variance, right. but yeah, we, we do um, try to serve, um, you know, all the needs of the communities that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that need for the mental health side has continued mm-hmm. to grow right. um, over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, we're, we're continuing, we're about 200 staff members now. Yeah, we have about, I think last count I had was 194 employees. Wow. So we have really grown in that since July 1st. Mm-hmm. And I think we're projected to do about 65,000 visits. In, wow. You know, once we get a full year. So yeah, it's going to be busy. Right. Absolutely. Um, where do you see the Family Health Center going five years, 10 years down the road? I think we can, I I know that Brock and I have talked a lot about strategy and strategic Mm -hmm. planning. Um, I know that for me personally, and he shares his view too, we want to make sure that we put primary health care in some of those offices Mm -hmm. um, because not every office is fully staffed with primary health care. I think it's very important to be that one-stop shop um, where patients can come get their primary behavioral health, get their labs drawn. And if it's something we don't do there, we have um, relationships and agreements with our community partners um, that can reduce any of that barrier to care. Because ultimately, we want to keep people healthy, mm-hmm. out of the hospital, out of the emergency room, unless you need to go there. Um, but that's really what we want to do is just keep increasing services. And I know we've talked a little bit about access to services, mm-hmm. yeah. making it a lot more accessible for patients. Yeah. Okay. And as far as anyone watching um, who may realize, you know, I haven't seen a doctor in a long time and maybe this would mm-hmm. be a good option for me, mm-hmm. how do they go about being seen? Okay. So we do have a toll-free number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one eight three three seven 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 fhc And once you call that number, you can reach any of our offices. You can also call any of our offices direct, um, and they were more than happy to set up an appointment with you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in and we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about the Family Health Center, you can visit our website, vincennspbs.org. 
Well, as we mentioned, under the umbrella of the Family Health Center is the Samaritan Center, and that also includes the Wabash Valley Friendship Clubhouse. The clubhouse was established just a few years ago and has already moved into a larger space to better serve the number of folks utilizing its great services. And now for a second year in a row, a creative fundraiser is set to help support the clubhouse while also hosting a fun night for the community. The Wabash Valley Friendship Clubhouse has become a vital resource in the area for many folks working through mental health challenges. As we've shown you previously on First City Focus, it's a gathering spot that helps people work together and learn life skills in a supportive atmosphere centered around community. While some services at the clubhouse can be reimbursed through Medicaid, the program is primarily supported through donations and fundraising. Public Relations Manager Cher Wehrman says they sought out similar organizations for fundraising ideas and settled on Dancing with the Vincent Stars, which was first held last year. We modeled it off of the television show. We two routines, voting in between rounds. Um, it just as much as we could emulate the show, we did. It was amazing the response that I got from our community last year and wanting to participate. It ended up being an amazing event. So many laughs and so much fun. And um, before the night was over, I had two or three people who said, I want to do it next year. This year's celebrity dancers include Fire Chief Brett Bobe, Police Chief John Hillenbrand, Kalina McCormick, and Amanda Lynn. So what does it mean for these volunteers who are willing to put their dance skills on display? Thanks to Triple Threat Talent, who continue to donate the necessary practice, space, and time, the volunteer stars spend several hours getting their routines down solid before the big night. Um, they work with the dancers at their schedule and convenience. Um, they help them map out a, a routine. Um, they put in some splashy moves and some surprise moves as well. We learned that last year. They held back until competition time, so that was really neat to see. When we had our first meet and greet, um, there was a lot of smack talk going on between the competitors about different things and who was doing what and costumes, but um, I was really impressed with a couple of our guys. They were prepared. They knew what uh, genre they wanted and the dance moves that they had to have, and one even had their costume already picked out, so that was pretty exciting. The event promises to be an entertaining night, complete with an after party to allow everyone a turn on the dance floor. And while the spotlight might be on dancing, the night is centered around the clubhouse members. Our members are so ecstatic. And what's amazing about the clubhouse are the members are the drivers of the organization. It is completely based on their wants, their needs, their visions and goals. So they have been integral in helping plan this event. Um, they're hands-on and involved that night. Um, but they understand the importance of the fundraiser uh, because that's how we're going to continue to keep the doors open. Dancing with the Vincent Stars will be held on Saturday, August 26th. You can head over to our website for more information, vincentspbs.org. Well, since battling the COVID-19 pandemic, the healthcare industry has been in overdrive to support communities while maintaining the everyday efforts of improving overall health. And our local area is no exception. Here to explain how Good Samaritan is working to improve our community health is Chief Operating Officer Adam Thacker. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, I want to start off discussing the community health needs assessment. 
Uh, it's completed every three years and used as a tool for organizations such as Good Sam in planning and expanding um, off of the mission of the hospital. I know it's something that's a, it's a regular routine uh, for the hospital, but some in the community might not understand what it is. Um, so explain how you go about executing the assessment and the tool that it is used for. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, the community health needs assessments conducted every three years. Uh, it's been in place since 2013. It actually came about as a requirement as part of the Affordable Care Act, and it certainly went through a, a significant transition from 2013 to now 2023. Mm -hmm. um, we conducted the most recent community health needs assessment in 2022 for the previous three years. And, and it really is a tool where we're surveying the community. Um, we send out uh, surveys to local leaders in education, in um, elected officials, other healthcare mm -hmm. positions, um, transportation, just to, to get a, a good picture of what's going on in the community. It's an assessment of the community outside the four walls of just what we're doing at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And through that, we learn a ton of information. It's very data-driven, which which I love. Right, right. And it allows us to create strategies to say, how can we impact areas of need, such as transportation? You know, I, I speak many times about transportation. We're partnering mm -hmm. with Van Gogh. And that's just a, a key example of what's so important because we can provide the best health care in the region, in the country. And if patients can't get to it through transportation... We're sitting there idle. So it really helps us to gauge the community needs, the health needs of the community, and then put into plan um, strategically what are we going to do to impact that. Okay. What are the top, I know you talked about transportation, sure. but what are some of the other top issues that our community is facing health-wise? Sure. We've identified three, um, and, and there are many. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you, you could pick a, a lot of different options to go at, but we look at also, as an organization, what can we impact directly? So obesity and inactivity is mm -hmm. one of the three. Um, substance abuse, mental health, um, which I know you had on here, the, right. the Family Health Center and Samaritan Center and their ability to grow, which began as part of Good Samaritan and, and now still a, a very vibrant partnership to mm -hmm. expand mental health resources across the community. And it's not when we talk about community health needs, it's not just Knox County. That's right. It's the surrounding counties as well. And then primary care access, because we know that a healthier community has a great relationship with their primary care physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, where they're getting annual wellness visits, where they're getting feedback on healthy diets, where they mm -hmm. have a plan to address the first one I mentioned in ob obesity. Right. Or they get referred to mental health providers for substance abuse or depression that that's plaguing you know, the entire country. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the three, obesity, inactivity, substance abuse, mental health access, and primary care physician provider access. Okay. Um, when we talk about obesity and inactivity, what, what do you think are the key, um, I guess, acts that the community can engage in to try to reverse that and turn it around? Sure. Well, it starts with education, mm -hmm. and and we have programs and partnering with the Knox County Health Department. Uh, Fit Kids is a program that we started many years ago through Community Health, mm -hmm. which now is being facilitated through the health department to go into the schools, educate 
our, our youth about eating healthy, the, the importance of having a balanced diet and healthy diet, mm-hmm. because addressing obesity at the adult stage when somebody comes into the office and is obese and now we're taking action, um, we have those measures in place to be able to do that. But the, the long-term plan is addressing it very early on in, in youth and adolescent. Because what, what the data shows us is that those habits are created in elementary, middle mm-hmm. school, and then just perpetuated. Um, we are also, again, partnering with the Family Health Center in how do, how do we access fresh, fresh food through our farmer's markets mm-hmm. and vouchers for healthy food. Because un- unfortunately, what, what we know is that unhealthy food is cheaper. And when you're, right. when you're eating on a budget, the unhealthy options outweigh the healthy options. So education. And then we do have treatment um, at our primary care offices mm-hmm. and through some specialists for a weight loss clinic, um, even referrals all the way up through bariatric surgery to help to combat obesity. Um, I know in, in combating any of these issues, community is key and partnerships like you've talked about are key. Um, how, how does the hospital go out to try to seek out these partnerships um, to try to strengthen our community? Sure. Well, a lot of it happens organically as, mm-hmm. as we identify needs and say who, who best to, to meet this need. Uh, I think Knox County is very fortunate in that the Good Samaritan and Knox County Health Department relationship has even received kudos at the, the state level as one of the strongest in the state. So our hospital and our health department work in sync. Um, I meet with Dr. Alan Stewart on a regular basis, mm-hmm. just met with him late last week to talk about what we're doing in, in these types of, of areas. Mm-hmm. So that's a key partnership. Um, we talked about transportation. We have a partnership with YMCA Van Gogh in extending, expanding their hours, and, mm-hmm. and we've helped to provide some financial support for that in this first year. And month after month, seeing the, the reports of that growing, it's also helping patients get to and from their medical services. So the partnerships, it, it's really about being involved mm-hmm. with community, um, whether it's YMCA, health department. Um, I represent the, the hospital on the chamber board mm-hmm. and, and being engaged in those conversations. That's where the community needs come up because you have the, the folks at the table that are saying, okay, here's what I'm hearing and, and what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And then it's just getting the people together that want to make a difference. That's right. Um, I want to talk about the residency program at the hospital. It's still kind of new um, to yes. the hospital. How is it going? And what are you seeing as these residents come in? Are we are we getting them to maybe call Knox County home? Sure. Well, I, I'll be honest. I'm thrilled with, with how it is going. And while it is new, this year marks our, our first year of graduating mm-hmm. residents into the physician community, into the medical community. And we've been able to retain a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three internal medicine residents that are staying at Good Samaritan and calling Knox County home. We have three psychiatry residents that over the next two years, one this year and two next year, that are staying and calling um, Knox County home. And mm-hmm. so that's that's really exciting. And not only that, but the access through the residency clinics, because Mm -hmm. in their three years as an internal medicine resident or four years as a psychiatric resident um, in psychiatry, they're they're seeing patients, um, they're working under supervision with their precepting physicians 
to fill a need that many communities our size are, are not able to fill. And it, and it comes back full circle to the community health needs assessment. Mm-hmm. You know, years ago when the vision started for residency programs, it was around the identified need of how do we bring more providers to the community to address access because the demand simply outweighed the supply. And, and this was a way to do that. And it's, it's been very successful and, you know, definitely a shout out to the, the leaders of those programs. Mm-hmm. Dr. Adrian Singson is the leader of the internal medicine program and Dr. Ali Thomas Fannin leads the psychiatry program. And, and again, it's another partnership. It's with right. the Indiana University School of Medicine. Um, but I have to say it's, I think it's surpassed most of our expectations with the impact that we have seen on the medical side, recruitment side, but also just in the community, mm-hmm. you know, coming here and, and living here and, and being, you know, high wage earners to right. the community, which we, we all need to support infrastructure of many of the programs that we're talking about. So a lot of success and, and the halo effect also of That's right. other physicians I've recruited. Um, I made the comment, I think maybe in the, the class that um, mm-hmm. I presented some of these topics on that about a hundred percent of the last two years of recruiting physicians have said, I'm interested in Good Samaritan because you have a training program. And that's from surgeons mm-hmm. to special, any other special medical specialists that say, I want to have residents train with me and give back to my medical community. And so even though they're not directly internal medicine or psychiatry, mm-hmm. It's creating interest in Good Samaritan. That's great. All right. Well, we wish you all the best, and we look forward to continuing our community um, health improvement issues. Well, thank you. Thank you. To stay up to date with what's happening at Good Samaritan Hospital, you can follow them on social media or visit their website, gshvin.org. And now for our final focus. It's not every day you can interact with lifelike dinosaurs. For a second time this year, the Knox County Public Library hosted the special interactive display, this time indoors at Adams Coliseum. Take a look. And that's all for this edition of First City Focus. If you've missed a previous episode of First City Focus, make sure you go to our website, vincennespbs.org, where you can watch all of our episodes on demand. For everyone here at Vincennes PBS, I'm Nicole Carey. Join us again next week. First City Focus is supported in part by 
First Vincennes Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally. Online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities. Online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you.